Well, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the P word, patience. There are many verses I'm sure you're familiar with that we could look at from our perspective and why it's good for us and why we should take it like medicine, but that's not where we're going to go today. And I stand before you today as one... I feel completely unqualified to even breathe that word patience. You'd ask my family, especially on the road. But it isn't about me. That's the good thing. It's about God. And this morning, we are going to look at patience from God's perspective to us. And a snapshot if you will a picture of God's patience I just want to start with from Exodus chapter 33 uh, starting at verse 18 and this is this is Moses on Mount Sinai meeting with God and asking him asking of God God show me Show me your glory. And God had no problem doing that. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 19, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And then in verse, uh, verse 6 of chapter 34, we find this. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, today I ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding to see Lord, if you don't open our eyes, we can't see. If you don't open our eyes, we can't understand. If you don't open our eyes, we're in a real pickle. It is you who gives understanding. It is you who gives revelation. It is you who gives life. It is you who reveals. It is you. It is you. It's all about you. So Lord, I am asking in the same way that Paul asked in Ephesians chapter 1. Open the eyes of our understanding and reveal to us and impart to us what you want to say to us about your patience, your, your steadfastness, your long-suffering. And we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to do this. In Jesus' name.
So, as we continue going on here and looking at the attributes of God, you know, it's, it's easy week after week to see these different attributes. But I, with each one, I don't want us to lose the wonder or the importance of why we're looking at these attributes. And in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, this is what the Lord says. He says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Those are all significant things, but they're insignificant compared to the Lord. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And just one more verse that I wanted to just share because it is significant in what is portrayed in that verse and that's Daniel 11, verse 32b. The people, the people that know their God shall do mighty exploits. The people who know their God shall stand firm, shall stand firm and take action. Knowing God is not only the foundation, but when you think about knowing God being built by Him, by Him building and working in every area of, of our life, that is something that will stand. It will not blow over when He's involved in it. So this morning... Donna read uh, the text that, um, for today's message. And I want to go back to that. And I want to highlight, if you will, some things in the reading of that. And, and so... One of the things, oh, I can't believe that. Well, what I wanted to bring out was the fact that I don't have it marked. <laughs> I thought I had it for, okay, here we are. Yes, I like that. So right out of the gate here, Paul is talking to Timothy, uh, his son in the faith. And he says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. What I want you to see is that Paul 
Saul being a blasphemer, being an insolent opponent. One who it says in the scriptures went from house to house ravaging the church, going from that to one counted faithful. That was just not something that God snapped his fingers and overnight it happened. And then going on from there, he says, but this is a trustworthy and, and deserving, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. The Greek word is protos. It's the word that we get prototype. So when we read verses 15 and 16 here, this is what it says. But I received mercy, kindness, assistance, favor, benefits, opportunity, particularly salvation by Christ. For this reason, that in me, Paul, as the foremost, first, or at the first, foremost in time, place, order, or importance, chiefest, Jesus Christ might display, demonstrate, point out, show, prove by arguments or acts to manifest his perfect, quite all, absolutely all, the whole of his patience. Endurance, constancy, steadfastness, perseverance, forbearance. Here's a good old King James word, long-suffering, which means long-tempered. As an example, outline, sketch, pattern. To those, to those, to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. That's me. That's you. So what Paul is saying about himself in that I am the chief of sinners. I am foremost. We, and, and what he goes on and says after that, we can take for ourselves that this perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So one of the things that I would like for you to do is sometime in the today, tonight, before you go to bed, read this set of verses, and I want you to plug your name into that where it says, of whom I am the foremost. Daryl, Donna, Shirley, Tom. Plug yourself in there and make it personal that Jesus Christ might display to me, his perfect patience. Under, under the umbrella of love and mercy, we find this word. With all the things 
there are a lot of things that can come to our mind about the love of God and the mercy of God. But I believe this morning it is worth giving our full attention to to see the patience of God directed towards us. Honestly, I can't tell you the last time when I heard a message about the patience that God demonstrates that he puts on display towards us. But I believe it is significant because he has a reason for doing that. And it is who he is. And when, when we look at this, we wrestle with two things here, two challenges, if you will. We're saints and we're sinners. Sinners, thinking about sin, miss the mark. That's a problem. That's being off course. That means death. That means destruction. That means it doesn't end well. On the other hand, saints. And we have that the moment we come to Christ through what he did at the cross. We become new creations, new creatures. We have newness of life. But how many of you know that being a new creation doesn't mean that, wow, now I know all there is to know about being a new creation. So we've got a big two-pronged problem here. That is a lot of stuff. That is overwhelming to me. But God knew what was going to be involved and what he was getting into when he created us with a free will. He could have made us robots. He could have snapped his fingers and that would have been in it. But no, this is what he purposed to do. And in that verse that I read, his name, who he is, patience is a part of his name. Long-suffering, slow to anger. And so the idea then of taking us when we're off course and bringing us on course. And then the idea of taking us from being a new creation to help us to walk, to run, to stand, to grow up in Him. And how many of you know that in dealing with those two issues, we don't get it right the first time? So, one of the things that the Lord did, and I wanted to just mention this at the outset because this is important, in getting involved in our lives to, to help with this, these two challenges, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he made a down payment. He put earnest money on us. 
so to speak. That guarantee, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, think about that for a minute. The Holy Spirit's name, he is the one who comes alongside. He is purposed to guide us into truth, to convict us, to empower us, to bring to our remembrance. You know what, to me that almost sounds like parenting. But he is our father. And so, in this, in this word of patience, you know, I used to think that patience was just not getting angry. There is more to it. There is more to it than that. As I mentioned earlier, it, it's, it's endurance, it's a constancy, it's steadfastness. In those words that I described earlier, there is intentional purposefulness to give of his to give of his resources, to give of himself, to give of his time, to invest himself fully in our lives, to deal with these two challenges, these two problems, these two opportunities, if you will. And he doesn't tire. Last week when I was at church, you remember I held that baby? With great word picture, even unto gray hairs, I will carry you. With all that we are, with all our baggage, with all that he wants to do, he, he doesn't say, man, this load's getting tired. I got to set you down for a while. I got to rest. No, no. He is purposeful. He, is, he carries us even unto gray hairs. And it's not putting up with us. It's not just tolerating us. So go with me to the Garden of Eden here. In Genesis chapter 3 verses 9 and 11. Here, here is the fall. And... Here, I believe, is the first place where we see God's patience on display. Now, if I stand like this, Adam, Adam, come forward. I know what you did. Don't make me come after you. Adam, I'm gonna, this is it. We don't see that. We don't see God crossing his arms and displaying that. What we see here is 
The Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? God knew where Adam was. He was trying to draw Adam to himself. You show me a person that is impatient and I'll show you a person that's unapproachable. Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. But God doesn't stop there. What does he do? He asks another question. Well, who told you that you were naked? He's trying to draw Adam out to come forward. And we know how it we know how it played out. But it wasn't, it wasn't God that, that did themselves in or drew back. It was their choice and not coming forward. I don't know what that would have looked like, but I believe that if they would have answered and came forward, that would have been an interesting conversation to see. But as it was, they didn't. And you see then what happened. They, Adam started playing the blame game instead. Here was an opportunity to take God up on his patience. And they didn't. And that sin, I believe, blinded them to seeing that. And God, dealing with us in, this, in his patience, I just want to share another picture, if you will, from a familiar set of verses. Psalm 103, verses 7 through 14. You know, there's a psalm that also says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquity, who should stand? But in Psalm 103, starting at verse 7, we find these words. Excuse me, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As the Father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We sang that song a little bit 
uh, just a little bit ago about, I have a father, he knows my name. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this message, he knows my name. And I wanted to sing, he knows my frame. It's true. He does know my frame. All of it. And that's good. His patience is revealed in his words and in his actions. That set of verses that we just read is a, is a good picture of that. And I want you to consider for a moment that going forward there will always be new opportunities to deal with our sin and to deal with our growing up in Him, in Christ. And so that brings us to this mighty man of valor, the guy who needs no introduction, mighty warrior, Gideon. Gideon, hiding. But here in, in Judges, in Judges chapter 6, we find that Gideon puts out a fleece before the Lord. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 36. So this is, this is after Gideon is called by God, mighty man of valor. You know, Gideon, I'm not being critical of Gideon, but he was slow on the uptake. You talking to me? Is there somebody else down here? And God wants to use Gideon. And God, and God could have said, Gideon, fine. You're going to give me a hard way to go? I'll get somebody else. No, God didn't do that. In verse 36, Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on, the, on all the ground, on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please, let me test just once more with the fleece. Please, let it be dry on the fleece only. And on the ground, let, it be, let there be dew. And God did so that night. And it was dry on the fleece only. And on all the ground there was dew. So God honored Gideon's request. He didn't put him down. He didn't condemn him. 
In John chapter 6, verse 37, this for me, there are, there are certain verses that I, uh, they have special significance in my life. This verse is one of them. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Never. No loopholes. No certain conditions. All those who come to me will in no wise cast out. It's not like you go to him and you're on the clock and his time is precious and make your request known and now you got to leave. No. He has all the time in the world for you. And we heard it again this morning. The power in, in the words and the, in the promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. I think sometimes we hear that and we miss, we miss the, the full impact of that promise. That is intentional purposefulness to you and to me. Whether you're in the valley, whether you're on the mountaintop, or whether the mountain's on you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He's with us. And it's not just a putting up with us. It's the commitment. It's the commitment to be with us, to take us forward with Him, to know Him with whatever area on, on, in terms of growing up in Him or dealing with sin in our life. It doesn't matter. I'm hanging with you guys. I'm with you till the end of the age. That's not going to change. That's a good thing. Psalm, that verse, that verse there that we just saw, that verse lifted me out of a pit of depression. That because of the cross, Jesus is not just tolerating me. That I can come to him and that he looks forward to hanging out with me. Every day. So, let me just speak a moment about my own insecurities. And that is this. Um, in terms of one example, growing in the gifts and just speaking out. You know, I don't want to fail. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to make a mistake. And there were two big things that God did to demonstrate his patience with me. One of them is that when he gave me a word, he would, through multiple different means, confirm that word. He didn't have to do that, but he chose to do that because 
what he wanted to do in taking the time to do that, he wanted to build me up in confidence with him and hearing his voice. You think, oh, here he is. He's going to say something again. That wasn't, if you could see the heart racing, the knees knocking, God, I don't want to be wrong. But whether it's that area or some other area, we have those moments where, where God goes the extra mile with us. And so God would confirm it through multiple times. But there was something else that was equally significant. I went to some dear brothers that I felt I could trust my heart to. Trust my heart to. And that when I shared it with them, they weren't going to put me down. They wouldn't throw me under the bus. They wouldn't criticize. They wouldn't say, what are you thinking? But they would tell me and say, look, if you're wrong, we'll let you know. That was huge. What would have happened if I would have gotten crushed? What would have happened if a person would have come up and said, where do you get off saying that? Where do you get off doing that? Who do you think you are? Where do you think, what do you think, what do you think the effect would have been on me? See, when we interact with, uh, with one another, and I'm going to talk about this in just a minute, because in God demonstrating his patience to us, we, he's called us to be his ambassadors and his representatives. We reflect him in this world. But I tell you that if, because of those two things, we all are receiving the blessings of God and the, and, and, the, and the goodness of God and what he wants to say to us. And as time went on, the confidence level went up because of those two factors. And most of all, I should say, God in developing the confidence to be able to approach him. But I also want to say this because this is important and that's in the, Paul in writing to Timothy, he does this in more than one place, but in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he tells Timothy, continuing the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned these things. And yes, Paul's writing to Timothy, but in the bigger picture, that's what God does with us. Continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned these things. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, and this is Paul here, and he says, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is that in God's patience with us, I want us to be careful that we do not presume upon God's patience. He says here, you, do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness 
is meant to lead you to repentance. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So on the one hand, God, God's plan, His purpose in, in revealing His patience to us is to turn us, to turn us to Him, to grow up, to turn us to Him, to turn away from sin. But if we don't do that, if we say, uh, if we put Him off, if we put Him on hold, I want you to think about taking a nickel or a penny and putting it away in a piggy bank like you're saving up wrath for the day of wrath. Now nobody would, but it makes the point, but that's what he's saying. Storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath. That's one attribute of God I don't want to experience firsthand. He did display it. He did display it on the cross. He displayed it through his son. Stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And the last, where I want to finish up here, the servant of the Lord, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 Paul, writing to Timothy, he says, The servant of the Lord must be gentle, patient, apt to teach. And, uh, and the thing that I want to bring out as, as a takeaway, the big takeaway here why this is important is because God has called us to himself. He's, he's called us to know him in this way. But in knowing him in that way, he wants us to represent him in this world. As ambassadors, and in making disciples. And so in that, in that vein, in that regard, I have never forgotten the impact that Pastor Nick has had in my life. And I go back to the early days when I became a committed Christian and didn't know any better and and this is the final snapshot and I had a thousand and one questions about predestination about the Trinity about the unforgivable sin just these little trivial ones and I would I would come it was like my world's crumbling and I'm, I'm going, I'm making a point to go to Pastor Nick and, 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 and the print shop was down there and Nick is digging with a shovel, sopping wet with sweat. And Nick would stop. He'd lean over that shovel, dripping wet. And I'm spilling my guts out to him, pouring my heart out to him. And he's taking it all in. And he's listening and then he would tell me, more than once he told me, Daryl, relax. Now there were other times where he said other things in addressing those questions. But looking back on that and the idea that I had access to come to him. He wasn't in the middle of a conference. He didn't put me on hold. He didn't put me off. 
His body language and his words said as much about the mercy and the attribute of patience as God himself. It left an indelible print on my life that when I interact with people, that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for judgment, but I tell you this, because he demonstrated that to me, I am purposed to demonstrate that to people. Now, if they don't want that, fine. But I tell you that in my course of being a supervisor at work, there were days when I felt I was running a daycare with multiple employees. And, I, and that was a good place for me to grow in this whole area of patience and authority. And one of the big things I learned that you can't go wrong if you extend mercy. And in mercy, extend patience. Because if you do that, that's what you're going to get back. Now, if I chose to go with judgment and cut them off at the legs, then guess what? But that, but that created, that created just such an environment to, of openness of heart and approachableness that did something that is, I think is easily overlooked, the whole idea of approachability. No matter what the area, good or bad, growing up or dealing with sin, if someone is approachable, you can pour your heart out to them and, you, and know that you're not going to get thrown under the bus. I hate to think, I shudder to think what my life would have looked like if Nick would have done any one of those things that I just mentioned. And just say, I, you know what? Or, he, you know, I'm trying to have a conversation and he's looking at his watch. Or he just keeps on digging. His actions said as much as his words. And they leave a lasting God-formed imprint. So having said that, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says right out of the gate, love is patient. So is love, is patience love or is it mercy? Well, given these two texts, yes. But my prayer today, as we go forward from here, is that God would reveal to you snapshots of his patience to you in the side of where you may be struggling as sinner and on the side encouraging you growing as a new creation. They're there. But he is intentionally purposed, steadfast, constant, not changing, It's 
to complete the good work that he has started in us when he called us to himself. Let's pray. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing Many times, our heart and flesh, they fail. But you, but you are the strength of our hearts and you are our portion forever. Lord, today we commit ourselves, our lives to you. And we say thank you. Thank you for the patience that you demonstrate to each one of us daily. You never tire. You never, your mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes to see that you are never tired of us, that you do not just put up with us. You love us. You enjoy us. You made the way where there was no way to be able to make that reality. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.